That is good. Come on, let's join the young people in saying Merry Christmas to each other. Is, um, we do have uh, some guests that are here. Welcome to um, Redeemer Life. Um, there is um, Brenda's special people that are here. Welcome, welcome. Um, and um, I, I was so excited about um, the announcement that Dana made of, um, of being a disciple of Jesus. DJs, DJs, right? Disciples of Jesus. Um, where we would be able to come and dance and uh, North Park students will be really excited. Are you going to go and join the dancing? Um, you, you probably missed the announcement, but uh, there's going to be this amazing time of worship. So I would encourage us to all to join. Um, there is um, a lot of amazing stuff that is happening this week. Um, uh, let us be in prayer for, for this whole week. Um, we will be, um, we begin today with, with Palm Sunday. And uh, one of the things I like about Palm Sunday is that uh, we rejoice with children. It's intergenerational. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have fun and um, to welcome the King. Jesus is king, and, and that is the whole theme of today. Um, but he's a different kind of king. So we'll be talking about that during the week. Um, on Tuesday, uh, there is stuff happening. On, on Thursday, we will be going to, um, to um, um, Rogers Park area to recognize the kingship of Jesus with, with refugees. So appropriate. So appropriate. And then Friday will be our um, service, the Good Friday service at Trinity. Um, and then we come back on Sunday to, to remember the risen Lord. That's what it's all about. He is risen. And so that's what we are preparing for as we go into this time. As we think about some of these times, I, I would encourage us to to spend time in prayer, much prayer, because there's stuff going on in the world that we as a church need to be praying for. Sudan uh, is a very important part of the world. There's a lot of stuff happening in Sudan. That's where, of course, a lot of, a lot of Christians were. Um, uh, horrible things happened to them in Darfur. And um, we need to think about the people of Sudan and South Sudan and pray for them. We need to be praying for Ukraine. Ukraine is a very important part of the world, and there is elections happening there. Um, we need to be praying. It's so fascinating that one of the people who is standing for elections is a Jewish person. Um, when I was teaching there in the 1990s, I remember going to the State University of Ukraine, and my lecture was based on um, a Jewish thinker by the name of Amanuel Lavinas. Most of his literature at that time was only found in, in French. And so at this big auditorium at the State University of Ukraine in Odessa, I, I, I said, I want to know how many of you are Jewish and would you show, give me a, show, me, show me your hands if you're Jewish? Because I'm going to be talking about Emmanuel Lavinas and... Um, not a single person raised up their hands. This was 1992, 1995, thereabouts. And um, 
And then after my lecture, um, I went into the office of this professor and the, the woman who was translating for me. And she looked at me and she said, Professor Johnson, you asked the wrong question. And I said, sorry, what did I say? And, and she said, you asked people to show their hands if they are Jewish or not. And she says, these are my colleagues, these are my students. I know that 70% of them are Jewish. But they'll never own up to that. And that's still going on in countries like that. And I think those are the issues that Jesus came to address. And then we need to be praying for India. There's elections going on there. And uh, um, there's a right-wing fundamentalist party that has been ruling. A lot of bad things have happened to Christians in India um, and in Pakistan. And I think we need to be praying for that as we go into into this holy week. So would you do that, please? Would you, would you pray as we begin this time together? Let's spend uh, a few moments in, in silence, a few moments in silence, and um, we'll dive into the reading of God's word. O oh Lord, as we enter into this very special week, on a day that's snowy, and there seems to be a, a contradiction in terms, and yet we know that there is no contradiction in your mind. We want to encounter you, O oh Lord, so... Speak to us as we think about all that's going on in the world. Enable us to be at one with you. May this holy week be a week where we would truly, truly encounter you. In the name of the risen Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our young people will be reading to us from a very important psalm called Psalm 118. But before we do that, before they come up and read to us, I, I want us to get into the frame of the biblical year. The biblical year. And, and so there is a, a slide there that um, hopefully will come up uh, before you. It's the slide off, off the biblical calendar. Um, it'll kind of give you an idea of, of where we are. So, so it is snowing outside, and you know, uh, I realize that it is, um, it's something that is um, um, rather odd for us, but we are in Chicago. It can snow in July. It can snow in June, and I think, I think it snowed during the time of Jesus as well. I, I think he did. That's why Constantine got all confused and, you know, declared it to be the 25th of December. I think Jesus was born at this time of the year. So say the early church fathers. Jesus was born in all probability in the month of March or April. This is the first month in the Jewish calendar, in the biblical calendar. Because this is the, the month in which 
The people were hoping for a new life. Right out of darkness. So it begins with Passover. It begins with Passover, which is about this time. Um, Passover is a time when, when, the Jew, when, when the Exodus community was, was taken out. They were snatched from the jaws of death, if you will. That Pharaoh and those horrible people had imposed upon them. And as they go out, the firstborn of Egypt was destroyed. Who are these firstborn? These were the gods of the Egyptian people who were, who were eradicated because they wanted to commit genocide. But God saved them. And of course, Pharaoh, he says, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. And they were pinned up against the Red Sea. And God says, I'm going to do a miracle. And he asked Pharaoh, to he asked Moses to take his staff and to part the Red Sea. And they went through the Red Sea. And as they went through the Red Sea, there's a new community that was reborn. That happened on the third day. Do you see the relationship? Passover, a reborn community that emerges, which of course becomes the symbol of baptism in the New Testament. They were reborn. And then for 50 days, they said, we're going to wait. We're going to go to Mount Sinai. And that's where God will give his word to us, his Torah. And God did. There was thunder and lightning. And, and, and of course, people were expecting God to do amazing stuff, and he did. That's what the early disciples of Jesus had in mind when Jesus rose from the dead for 50 days. They spent time in prayer and they were hoping for something amazing to happen. And they were there in the temple and, and, the, and, the, and the Spirit of God descended upon them and they spoke in languages different languages. Do you see how this is so very crucial for us to recognize? Because it seems very clear that the Bible is talking about this biblical year in which the whole life of Jesus is enveloped as we read the Gospels. It is so fascinating that Jesus was born during the time of Passover. He was born to die. He died as the Passover lamb, but he rose from the dead. That's what the early disciples of Jesus were hoping would happen. And they were singing songs. It's called the Hallel. It, it begins uh, with Psalm 113. 
And it goes on to Psalm 118. They sang these amazingly beautiful songs because right in the midst of the Romans treating them horribly, before that the Persians were treating them horribly, before that the, the, the Babylonians and the Assyrians, and, and during their time it's the Romans, the Greeks and the Romans, but they were singing these songs the hope that the king will come. And they were singing Anadonai, 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 Hoshiana. Those are the songs they were singing. Come, Jesus, Hoshiana. Jesus, Yeshua, come. And save us. That's where we begin today. So I'm going to request Kira to come and introduce our young people who'll be who'll be reading this beautiful song to us. There's a mic. Good morning, Redeemer Life. Um, I want to invite Hannah and Abby to come read Psalm 118 for us this morning. Um, I'm going to give a fun fact of each of them just so you guys can um, get to know them as I get to know them as well. So Hannah, fun fact, um, she knows all the capitals of Europe. And Abby, fun fact, has a dog. (laughs) What's the name of the dog? Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His Hmm. love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You will become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. The Lord has done this. The Lord has done it this very day. Let the let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who, com- who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he he made his light shine on us with bows in hand. Join us in f- the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. May we give them a hand? That is so good. And it's so nice to have Kira here leading our young people. Um, Thank you, Kira, for for coming to redeem a life and and for giving our young people these amazing experiences. So a lot more is going to happen as we go along in our journey with with kids. So anticipation of of he is risen. He is risen. Uh, that is the those are the words that are recited uh, on Easter morning. 
Christos aniesti, say the, say the people in Greek. Christos aniesti, and everyone will respond, Aletos aniesti, Aletos aniesti. He, he is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. And that is the anticipation. But it begins, of course, with this cry, this cry of the hearts of the people, Anadonai, Anadonai, Hoshiana. But the next verse is, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and so you have Jesus coming. You have the King of Kings coming. You have the Lord of Lords coming. Does everyone recognize him? Obviously, people, there are those people who, who, who see him but don't want to really, really acknowledge him because for them, they don't want this kind of a king. They want the king that looks like them. The Sadducees wanted someone that looked like a Sadducee. The best Sadducee of all time. The, the Pharisees wanted the best Pharisee of all time. The, the, the militant zealots wanted the kind of person who would be really, really militant and would show them how to kill a lot of people. But Jesus comes, as the book of Zechariah says, riding on a donkey. And, and, and I, I've said this often that English misses quite a lot of stuff where it says the, 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 the fall of a donkey. The, that is actually very horrible words in, in both the Greek as well as the Hebrew. It's, it's a she-donkey. So if, if someone is called the son of a she-donkey. In Hebrew, it sounds really horrible. You would never say that to anyone. But that's what it says in the book of Zechariah. That it's not the who is who, but it's the hoi polloi who recognize him. Isn't that fascinating? Hoi polloi, is that, would you want to be called a hoi polloi? What, what would you be, uh, Tom, would you be okay if I call you hoi polloi? You wouldn't probably not be okay. No one's going to be okay. Come on, hoi polloi. And you'll say, no, I'm not hoi polloi. I go to Vernon Hills High School. I go to this school. And don't call me hoi polloi. But it's the hoi polloi who recognize him. And Jesus looks at them and he says, yes. You get it. You're coming with your palm branches because you know that the biblical understanding of who the Messiah King is is different from the human understanding. And so they recognize this as we read it. In John chapter 12. And then also in this amazing passage in Luke chapter 19. So I want to first begin with Luke chapter 19. Just, just to give you um, a little bit of a perspective on, on what is happening here. In Luke chapter 19, which is one of the three gospels called the synoptic gospels. Here's what it says. Just before that, Jesus talks about the ten talents. And he says, there are those people 
who hope for something amazing to happen. And those kinds of people with their talent, they earn 10 more talents because they really want to serve God. And others say, no, no, you know, a talent, what's a talent? I'll just come and give it to this king and say, here, take it, this is yours. And then right after that, it says, and when he had said this, he went ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And he came to these two towns called Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that's called Olivet or the Mount of Olives. And I I wish I could take you to these places because it's so fascinating. On the Mount of Olives, there's a graveyard even today. And there's a Garden of Gethsemane. and, And you go down, as you're going down, you see the Temple Mount right ahead of you across the valley. And that's what Jesus is seeing. As he is going there and as he goes there, he sees all these people. They come and they're saying, um, uh, he he says to his disciples uh, in verse 30 of chapter 19 of Luke, go into the village opposite where you're entering and you'll find a cold tide there, which no one has ever sat on. Untie it and and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say to them, the Lord has need of it. Now this is fascinating because the word that's used, the Lord has need of it, is the God of the Bible. This is kurios. This is no ordinary person. But then why is he riding the foal of a she-ass? So those who were sent away found it, as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord has need of it. This is God himself. And they brought it to Jesus. And then threw their garments over it. And as they rode into Jerusalem, the people said, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is the king who came in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. And, and of course, the Pharisees said, well, Do you hear them, these whole polloi polloi? They don't know what they're talking about. Shut them up. Shut them up. And Jesus says, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones will cry out. So powerful, isn't it? And then Jesus goes in and he cries for the city of Jerusalem. That's in Luke chapter 19. And then the section in Luke, in John chapter 12, begins the same way, where people are crying out, Hoshiana, Hoshiana, Baruch Haba, B'Shem Adonai, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and Jesus finds this young ass upon it, and as it is written, me for boy, me for boy, fear not, fear not. O daughter of Jerusalem. There's so many lessons that we can draw from, from this text, isn't it? One is the rec- to recognize that, that, that 
the who is who probably will never understand. And then to recognize that it is a great group of people, the hoi hoi polloi, who will recognize. And then, and then come to realize that, that, that when people say bad names to, to, to this person called the Messiah, probably that is where we'll find him. Riding on the sun of an XYZ, if you will. And Jesus does. And then Jesus goes and he quotes again from the Old Testament. This time from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 and verse 9. Me fobu, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I think that's one of the beautiful things about the gospel narrative, isn't it? It's, it's the idea that the rest of the world religions are religions that make you scared. You, you go to Hinduism and you see this Kali image and the blood oozing out and you're scared and you, you want to do something about it. Otherwise, Kali is going to consume you. You, you see the same thing in, in Buddhism, in Mahayana Buddhism. You see the same thing in a lot of ancient religions. And unfortunately, we see the same thing among the Jewish rabbis of that time. They'll come up with laws that'll scare you. Do this, do this, do this. If you don't do this, then you're going to go to hell. Unfortunately, we do the same thing. We have made people scared of the God of the Bible. And of the gospel. Because we have come up with our own laws. That's especially true of the kind of Christianity that I saw in India growing up. When I became a Christian, there was, and I went into this church, there, it was a whole list of do's and don'ts. And if you don't stick with it, you, you are scared to death. And unfortunately, we see that in other forms of Christianity as well. Probably some of it coming from an Asian society where there's the strict laws. You gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. Otherwise, you're not a Christian. But but the message of the gospel is don't be afraid. Jesus welcomes us and says, Don't be afraid. Yes, there is a different word in the Hebrew language for having this awe for God, reverential awe for God. But that's not being scared. It's something that I say to my students in, at North Park all the time. Well, you've got to be learning, not because you're going to get an F if you don't learn. You've got to be learning because you want this desire to, to learn. And it's the same thing with what Jesus is saying here. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I'm here as a humble servant. Riding on the foal of a she-ass. Don't be scared. Come. Follow me. Come. Follow me. And then the second thing that Jesus says, he calls them, O daughter of Zion. This king is, is a king who is humble. This king is also a king who is inviting the community to 
to, to come to him as the bride. That is the image that you have here. Throughout the Old Testament, whenever you read that phrase, daughter of Zion, daughter of Zion, it's God, the bridegroom, who says, I will come down as a Messiah, and one day I'm going to marry the bride, the messianic community, the church. And that's the image that we have in, in, the, in the Passover Seder. It's, it's that of this, this wedding feast where there is this recognition that one day the Messiah will come and there will be this great messianic feast and the, the bride, the church that is purified by the blood of the Lamb is going to be married to the bridegroom. Now I know that there is a lot of imagery there and it's, it's rather uh, complex, but I hope you get this idea. Jesus is saying, don't be scared. Firstly. Secondly, I'm going to marry you. The chemist, behold, your king is coming and he is sitting on, on the foal of, of, of a she-ass. And then it goes on to say in verse 16, his disciples didn't understand this. And that's, that's okay, you know. We, we have to come to realize that the disciples of Jesus would look at Jesus and they'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. You're great, you're amazing, you're doing all these signs, we're following you, but I really don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. You know, Peter didn't understand, John didn't understand, and that's why they ran away when Jesus was crucified, because they said, I don't understand this person, I'm going to just run away. And they did. Jesus, of course, talks about four kinds of soils. Do you remember that story that Jesus told about four kinds of soils? That's four kinds of disciples, really. There's, there is a farmer who goes and he, and he sows seeds and, and some seed falls on, on, on the roadside, on, on this rocky kind of roadside. And, and some of us are like that. When Jesus tells us stuff, we kind of say, hmm, this is great, this is great, but you know, that's it. We listen and then it goes away. And then there are others who are like like the uh, like like the 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 seed that falls um, uh, in, in a very shallow kind of soil, a very shallow kind of soil, and, and you're so excited about these nice songs you can sing, and you say, "I want to follow Jesus." But when 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 things don't go right, we just let go of all that. The disciples were like that many times. Then they're the kind of disciples who 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 just get so taken up with. All the worries of the world, all, all, all the stuff that happens from Monday to Friday through Saturday or whatever it is. And, and you get so taken up, up, up by that that you, you want to forget about what Jesus said. And the disciples were like that many times. But there are those disciples who are like the good soil. They say, Jesus, give me more of you. Keep on giving me more of you. You get up in the morning and you think about Jesus. You go to bed at night and you think about Jesus. You're walking around the day and you're thinking about Jesus. Is Jesus like that to you? Sometimes I wonder. 
Sometimes I wonder why do we go into our cars and we have these, these radios blaring so loudly. Maybe we want to drown out Jesus. His disciples didn't understand. Later on, they understood, it says. It's, it's sometimes we are like, you know, in India we have these tube lights. Have you seen tube lights? It, it kind of, when you turn it on, it goes. And then after five minutes, it'll come out. Have you had those kinds of tube lights? You've, you know, Joe has seen those kinds of tube lights. It's like the person that, you know, you have this joke. I don't know if you have, have you experienced this? You tell this profound joke and everyone's laughing. Ha ha, he he. And then there's one person there who starts laughing after five minutes. Have you had that happen? It's tube light, right? It's, ah, that's what it's all about. Ha, ha, ha. What are you laughing about now? What that joke? I just got it. <laughs> so sometimes we are those kinds of disciples. Those were Jesus' disciples. They were tube lights. But they stuck with it. It's okay. Some of us are like that. Some of us are like the soil that is along the roadside. Some of us are like the soil that is rather uh, superficial. Some of us are like the soil that's got thorns and bushes all around us. We are so taken up with all this stuff. Our mind is all scatterbrained. But, but that's okay. If we are all of those things, we've got to stick with Jesus. Eventually, it will come about where we'll know Jesus. And so, Jesus goes on, and he says, I want you to stick with me. One day it will come about that you will know me. And how will that happen? I'm going to read some of this to you, the later part of John chapter 12. It says, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some who were Greeks. These people were from outside. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew went with Philip, and they told Jesus. And here's what Jesus said. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in the world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you want to know what it is to enter into this holy week? At the bottom of it all, I have come into the world 
to die. I will die, says Jesus. And if you really want to be my follower, you also should be willing to die. Many times it is emotionally. Sometimes it is this idea of identity that we have in ourselves. But there are parts of the world where people have given up their lives physically as well. That's the way it's always been. And whenever his disciples thought about Jesus, they remembered that. And so when Paul is writing to this group of people in a place called Philippi, he, he says to them that in, in, in the rest of the world, you know that the who is who are who is who because they are in power, because they have a sense of identity, and everyone looks up to them. But you shouldn't be like that. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. who became a human being. And then he died on the cross, the most horrible form of death one could ever think of. That's the kind of people you should aspire to be. That's counterculture, isn't it? That's not what we are told in the world. So I come from this place called North Park University where the motto is living lives of significance and service. But the first thing is significance. Well, Jesus is counterculture to that. Die to yourself. Be ready to die for Jesus. And then you'll experience resurrection. And then Paul goes on to say, in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. That I may know him. Philippians chapter 3. And the power of his resurrection. So as we enter into this holy week. It seemingly begins with a very happy note. But you know, it's not a happy note. We've made it a happy note. It's a cry. Ana Adonai, Ana Adonai, Hoshiana. We've made it Hosanna, Hosanna. It's not that. It's the cry of the people. Lord, save us. When we cry those cries then we will encounter that Jesus on Thursday where he'll give us the mandate. Then we will encounter the Jesus who is willing to die on the cross and does die on the cross. Then alone we will know the power of resurrection. Until then, we don't know the power of resurrection. Holy Week comes and goes and it's just a blah kind of Christian life. When we know what it is to die, we also know the resurrection power of Jesus.
My prayer is that all of us would want that. Would you pray with me? As you reflect on on the text of the Bible, my sisters and brothers, as, as you enter into this powerful, powerful week, would you pray along with the disciples of Jesus, along with Paul, and say, it is no longer I who lives. This identity, this ego needs to die. Would you look at that servant, Messiah King, riding on the foal of an XYZ and say, I want to be like him. So that he would come and live in you in a powerful way. And so that you and I would truly experience the power of resurrection. Would you pray that prayer? As we enter into this holy week. So bless us, O oh Lord. Bless us, O oh Jesus, with that vision. Enable this week to be a week where we would die to ourselves, where we would experience the power of resurrection. We want that, O oh Lord. In the name of the risen Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.